0: We're going to be over in the book of Mark, chapter 10. If you want to turn over there or just look up on the screen, we'll have both, uh, both are are just as good. There was a man who went to a dentist for a deep root surgery. Dennis looked looked it over and checked it out, and he said the uh, root, the nerves were so decayed that they were dead, and there was no need for Novocaine. That uh, he'll just get in there and take it out. So he uh, put him in the chair, and he, he set out to work at home, and he put the first instrument in his mouth into the area that was affected. And he said he jumped out with such incredible pain that he jumped, almost leaped completely out of the chair. And this is the, he said, I'm a big guy. He says, I'm about six foot eight, and the dentist is around five foot. He immediately grabbed the dentist by the throat region, lifted him up in the air, and he said the uh, dentist actually heard his cry. And he decided that before he would go on with the procedure, he would administer Novocaine. Well, uh, sometimes some of the things that we hear can enlighten us about what we ought to be doing. This person thought he was enlightened and didn't need uh, to administer Novocaine to the patient, but found out that he was wrong, that he did need to do that. The Word of God tells us that the truth, that you shall hear the truth and the truth shall what? How many have some things you'd like to be set free from? Boy, we sure do. So we've looked over this wisdom series in the last couple of weeks of recent times. We got into the part where it says we, we look at staying in shape, how we are to, first off, seek after wisdom, hear wisdom, accept wisdom, accept the thing that God shares with us, perform or produce, and the last one was one of the hard ones, endure. We need to Endure. That when we receive wisdom, we operate in it, we need to endure through all the things that the enemy would throw at us, through all the things that life would throw at us, through all the discouragement we have in continuing on to achieve something new. Reasoning, we saw was the enemy of wisdom and revelation. Reasoning would come in and its purpose is to pull revelation down, to pull wisdom down, to get you to reason out. We looked at Peter, had revelation from God, come on out. He goes on out, walks in the water, and then he begins to look around at the things that were going on. And what happened? He reasoned them right out, right out of the power of God. And he was no longer walking in the power of that revelation. We looked at others that did this as well. There was the, pool of the man at the pool of Bethesda. He was told by Jesus, rise, take up your bed, and walk. There was no delay on his part. He immediately did it. We didn't go from an awesome moment to an awkward moment. Remember, we looked at a couple of videos we put up there on the screen for you to to see between the difference between awesome and awkward. Last week, we showed up that Star Trek one and where an awesome scene was turned into a awkward moment, but it was later fixed. And uh, we have some of those in our own time. God sometimes tells us things we need to get ourselves trained up so that we do not sit and wait to decide whether we're going to obey or not we don't reason it out in our mind but we do it we can go from as we said awkward we can go from awesome to awkward and if we stayed awkward long enough we go to awful it is not good last week we looked at the woman with the issue of blood one of my favorite stories in the word of god we can learn a lot from her we saw that her that we saw the belief is the confidence that a thing is true Belief is the confidence that a thing is true. Faith is the action of that confidence. Faith and belief are different. That's why there's two different words. Belief is the confidence that a thing is true. Faith is the action of that confidence. You may be confident that a thing is true, but not confident enough to walk out in it. We we use the example of a really high bridge over a really deep gulf. You may have the confidence that that bridge is probably going to hold me up if I go over it. But you may not have the faith action to actually walk out on that bridge. There's a difference between having belief and having faith. Many people have a belief, but few turn it into faith where it is an action. We looked at the the, uh, things that were going on with the woman with the issue of blood. How she had built up in herself that belief that she heard some things from God. She heard some things and got some revelation on this. Once she had that revelation, she began to mull it over herself. She began to think over to herself, I believe that this is true. I believe that this is right. I believe this is the thing that I can walk out in. And that's what we have to do. We have to build ourselves up in a place where we believe that the thing that we have, the thing that is true, the thing that we know will come about. That it will come about. How many of you have some things that you believe could happen for you? But there is a difference between what we believe and what we're doing. What we believe and what we're walking in. The woman with the issue of blood. I know if I just touch the hem of his garment. I know I what? I know I shall be healed. She said this a number of times. She said this over and over and over with herself. She didn't just say it once. She didn't just say it twice. She kept saying it over and over and over. We need to get to a place where we keep talking to ourselves the things that we know, the things that we believe, the things that we have come to to learn. We're going to look at a story here this week. This is another one of my favorite healing stories in the Bible. This is the man uh, that was blind. We actually have a story very similar to this in two other places in the scripture. But just some minor differences we 're going to focus in the story of Mark chapter ten. There is also a story in Matthew chapter twenty in verse. you can write these down if you want to go back there and check these out yourself. matthew chapter twenty verse twenty nine through thirty four In this story, we see that they are departing from Jericho, and that there are two blind men. This is the third time this is the third time in the book of Matthew that he talks about a story that is very similar to other Gospels, but he talks about two people being used and the other ones talk about one. This is the third time. He talks about two. Uh, they're departing from Jericho. In Mark chapter 10, they're departing from Jericho. Only one blind man. And this time we have his name. You all know his name? Blind Bartimaeus. In Luke chapter 18, we have they are on the way to Jericho and there's only one blind man. That one might be different. Might be similar. I understand there's a lot of blind people around there. But we're not given the name in, in there. Here are some similarities in the descriptions. The men or men, we'll use that interchangeably, were sitting by the road and heard Jesus was passing by with a multitude. That was the same in the stories. They or he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us or have mercy on me, is the case of the story we're going to be looking at. The crowd tried to discourage them or the trial tried to discourage him. In these stories, Jesus gave his attention and asked what they or what he wanted. They, or he, said to receive sight. They all said the same thing. Jesus commanded them, or him, to receive sight. And sight was restored to either they or to him, and they followed Jesus. So those are the things that are similar. That's a lot of similarities in the, in the story. Now, a lot of times people focus on one particular person. When you have a group of two people pursuing the same thing, one generally ends up being a leader. One ends up being the one that sets the stage. And Bartimaeus may have been that guy. And that's why, in this passage, in Mark, he's the focus. In Mark chapter 10, verse 46, Now they came to Jericho, as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out, All the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Now, Bartimaeus' occupation... He was a beggar, went around, begged. That's what he did. That's that's all that he did. He he was blind. He had no occupation he could do otherwise. So he would come and he would wait for people to come by and he would ask alms of the people that were coming by. And some people would give him a little bit, a little bit here, a little bit there. We see the same kind of folks out on the streets today. If you were Bartimaeus, what would you do in a large crowd? If a large crowd was coming by, what would you do? If you are Bartimaeus, your occupation is what? A beggar. If you've got a large crowd coming by, it's kind of like payday. So your eyes could be either on the crowd, the people who could supply you money. This is the visible help. This is the help that you have had help from before. The people, the visible ones. This is what has manifested in the past. You have had people come by and give you things. You know there is help in the crowd. It is not help for the long term. It is just help for to get you by today, maybe today and tomorrow, maybe you know just a little bit extra than what you need, but it will eventually run out. Or you could have your eyes on Jesus. You could have your eyes on Jesus. Now, you have a lot of blanks in your outline today. I apologize for that. Your outline was actually twice as long as it is here now. And I thought, oh, wow, I put too much stuff in there. So I pulled out a whole lot, and I ended up pulling out the stuff that didn't have the blanks. Didn't realize that until at the end. So you got a lot more blanks in there, but a lot of them are the same thing. You'll uh, you'll see as we go along here. So Jesus, you can have your, fo- your, your focus on the crowd, or you can have your focus on on Jesus. He is our invisible support. The things you're going to be asking for Jesus, you're going to be asking for by faith. You haven't seen this happen before. This is something that was... Not manifested, this hasn't gone on. I put another thing in there for you, or things potential. faith things are things that you have not seen, things that have not manifested, things that are potential, things that, that could be coming. This is what faith things are. In the natural, you could go to the crowd and you could get money, but if you wanted something else, you would go to Jesus. The thing that you want to see here is that Bartimaeus has his eyes on receiving something. He could receive what he knows could come from the crowd, but he has his eyes on something else. And this is going to come from Jesus. He has not received anything from Jesus before. He is not asking Jesus for money. He would be asking the crowd for money, but he's asking Jesus. All he's saying is Jesus have mercy on me. So Bartimaeus has obviously heard about Jesus before, just like the woman with the issue of blood. She heard about Jesus before. When you hear something spiritual, something about the word, when you hear something from the spirit of God, you are receiving revelation or you are receiving. Wisdom. Wisdom is how to fix your situation. Revelation, oftentimes, when it comes to you, will tell you how to fix your 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 situation. Revelation is equivalent to wisdom. When you ask God for wisdom on a situation, you are asking for revelation on how to do a thing, understanding on how the thing works. Because as we went over, the box for boxes are down the ground there right now for Communion Sunday. But wisdom contains, godly wisdom contains understanding. Understanding, godly understanding contains discernment. Wisdom that does not have these is empty and becomes one of the other kind devilish wisdom, human wisdom. Neither one is is very good. We want to have God's wisdom. So he believes, Bartimaeus, we have to kind of piece together some of the things that he believes because we don't have it all spelled out for us like the woman with the issue of blood. The woman with the issue of blood heard about Jesus. Once she heard about Jesus, she said to herself, I know if I just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. We know what she believed. Bartimaeus, we don't, but we can kind of piece it together from what he is doing. Because he knows he will receive money from the crowd. He is there begging of alms, waiting for people to come by. So there must be something of a greater distraction to pull him from the crowd. He's ignoring the crowd and he's going after Jesus. Get that from the story. The crowd is trying to discourage him. If you want to get money from a crowd, you don't do what they don't want you to do. They're trying to discourage him. He's ignoring that because his eyes are on something different. So he has a belief of something that can come from Jesus. How many of y'all know he has a belief that something can come from the crowd? Sure, he's got money from them before. He has a belief that he would get money from the crowd. But he's going in a different direction. He wants something from Jesus. So he is ignoring the crowd to pursue Jesus. There's a belief there. I put these things in your outline for you. He believes that if he gets an audience with Jesus, he will receive his sight. What else would take you away from getting money? If you get your sight, you don't need to be there begging of alms anymore, right? He believes that he gets an audience with Jesus. He could receive his sight. He's heard things about Jesus. He's not seen Jesus before. Because if he had seen Jesus before, wouldn't he have acted in the same way? When he heard that Jesus was in the crowd, what did he do? Called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. When he heard that Jesus was in the crowd. Not just the crowd. It was when Jesus was in the crowd. That activated something on the inside. That got him to to do something. To go out there and to to, to step onto something. We, we understand that voice activation. How many of y'all like those uh, sci-fi movies? You know, and the, and the person talks and it activates some things. You know, on the Star Trek uh, show, you, if you talk to the computer, the computer was able to discern when you were talking to the computer and when you were talking to other people. I always thought it was amazing. You know, those little communicators they put on their on their uh, suits. Whenever they hit it, it always knew who they wanted to talk to. They never had to dial a number. You just hit it, and whoever you're trying to talk to, you, they were there. That's that's just you know, that's just incredible. We need to get something like that. No more dialing numbers. Just hit the thing, and it knows who you want to talk to, and it sets you up. and, and They always answer. How many times have you called people and they don't answer? Not in not in the Star Trek world. When you call them, they answer. Hello, they're there immediately. Yes, Captain. <laughs> it's, it's just right there. Well, that's uh, not where we're at just just now, but that they have voice activated commands. They could be sitting there talking, having a conversation, and just go on computer, and the computer would come in, and it's always listening to you. And it it hears things. How many of you know we got some phones out there that are always listening to you? And if you say the right things now, you activate the phone. The phone will will jump awake and do some things for you. Well, I'm sure we'll get more into into that as time goes on. But he heard when Jesus was in the crowd, that activated something that was buried on the inside. Something that he had fed on the inside. There's a belief. If I get an audience with Jesus, I can get over this blindness. Other people have been blind, saw Jesus, and got healed. All I need is an audience with Jesus. If I get an audience with Jesus, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be healed. I'll be able to see. If he's got a buddy, he's talking to his buddy. If we get an audience with Jesus, we can see. But we got to get that audience. We got to get in front of Jesus. We've, we hear Jesus touch people's eyes. Jesus spoke the word. Jesus did this. and blind people saw. They don't care about deaf people. That's not helping them out right now. They don't care about sick people. What they care about, blind people, cause. They're blind. How did blind people get healed? They want to find out. Well, they, they were in front of Jesus. They were in front of Jesus. They got Jesus' attention. Hmm. So he believes that he gets an audience with Jesus. He will receive his sight. Does he have faith? Does he have a belief there that this is going to work? And he has he whole act on this. He has a belief. He will act on this. We see this from the story. He will act on the belief that he has instantly. As soon as that belief is called up, he will act on it. So he has belief. He has faith to put that into action. But he is still blind. He is still blind. How many of you have a condition, something that you need to have changed, and you know faith can change it, but it's still going on? And you tend to think, I don't have a belief or I don't have faith. Or the enemy comes along and tells you that or other believers come along and try and tell you that you don't have faith. You don't have belief. There's a man in the Bible. He has faith. He has belief. And there's other other cases that this is not the only one. There's other ones that have faith to be healed. The woman with the issue of blood. Did she have belief? Did she have faith? Yeah. When Jesus said she was healed, what did he say? Her faith has made her whole. Her faith. Did she have faith before she got to Jesus? Yes. All she needed was that faith to be able to act on what her belief was, which was, if I but touch the hem of his garment, I know I shall be healed. So Bartimaeus is just believing, if I can get in front of Jesus, if I can get an audience of Jesus, if I can get his attention, I'll get healed of my blindness. So he's got a belief, but he has little hope that it will happen. So he continues to beg. With little hope that it will happen, he continues to beg. This is the problem that a lot of Christians have. We have faith, we have belief, but we have very little hope that what we have faith for and what we have belief for will actually ever happen to us. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. And the what? Hope is Important in faith, not a wishing hope, but a biblical hope, a hope that says, I know that when this comes about, this will happen. How many of you have a hope that Jesus is coming? Yeah, it's not happened yet, but we have that hope. And it's a firm belief. I know Jesus is coming. I, I know he's coming for me. I know it. It's not here yet. It's hope. It's future. You've got to have that same hope for your faith to work on. But sometimes we have let our hope go. We have the belief, we have the faith, but we let the hope go. This man doesn't believe he will ever see Jesus. And his faith and his belief is caught in the fact that I need to get in front of Jesus. I need to see Jesus. So he has little hope for that. He has some hope, but little hope for that. So when he hears it's Jesus, he calls out. His faith is activated. He gets going. Do you ever have a dog? who um, is activated by certain words and their whole behavior changes when you have those certain words. You know, our little dog that's at home now, if you say you want a treat, well, that activates him. Or you want some that activates most of his his things center around food. That's you want some you want, whatever it is, if he hears the sounds of plates and forks uh, that activates him, he may be sleeping on on the sofa, but if he hears those things, he's up. He's perked up. It activates him. There's an activating thing that that goes on with that. I had a dog when I was growing up who was activated by the sound of the chain that we put on her when we would go for a walk. Activated. We had fun with it. It was so easy to activate this dog. And her earring, she always seemed to be listening for this, even when she was sleeping. And so sometimes we would go up to the cellar, because it was always in the cellar. It was in the cellarway step. And we would go up to it and we'd take the chain and we would just tap it lightly. And we just watched the dog because the dog would sleep in the kitchen. We could see the kitchen from the cellar. And we'd just tap it lightly. And just that little noise, no matter what other noise was going on, that little tiny noise, the dog perked up, looked around, looked at the cellar. Is somebody there? There's somebody there. They are getting the chain. And they're, they're looking and if you tap it again, yeah, 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 they are getting the chain. And the dog would jump up And a dog would be activated. It would be jumping, spinning around. It just loved to... I've never seen a dog love to go for a walk like this one did. But she always always knew that going for a walk meant we went to the park. And we go to the park and she could run into the creek. And we went places. Oh, we had fun. We did stuff that most people probably didn't do with their dogs. But uh, we had had a great time with that. She was a good dog. We could take her once we got down to the park, let her off the chain. And she could run. I had total control over that dog even when she was off the chain. Snapping my finger, that dog was right by my side. It, no matter what it was doing, she was good, so we could let her do that. But she loved that walk. The walk wasn't the best part. The best part for her was the end result at the, at the park. Because the whole time we're walking, she's up ahead. She's up. Come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. It's, it's not far. It's, come on, let's go. It's about a mile to get there. Come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. Pull and pull it. We want to go. We want to go. She was real good at a whole lot of things. She didn't heal. She did not heal. She led the way. She wants to go. She, I, I want to get there. I want to get there. And you know, our routine when we got there was she had to sit down. And then I had to take the chain off. This is our routine. We did it every time. And I had to take the chain off. And then I would walk into the park then she would stay there and she would wait until i said i could say anything i wanted to she was waiting for two letters okay as soon as she heard those two letters she's off i mean she's just running and she couldn't wait this was her moment we went there almost every day she couldn't wait all she needed to hear though was that sound of that chain and she would jump Uh, You mean, you did not see a dog. This is a good sized dog jumping up and down. Can't wait to get on there. You can't even get the chain on her. She's so excited. You have to get her finally calm down. Come on, calm down, calm down. We'll get the chain on it. Boom, off she go. That sound activated something that was in her, but dormant. Dormant. She's always excited to go to the park, but doesn't really see the opportunity for going to the park. When she hears that chain, ah, opportunity. This man Bartimaeus has the faith to believe that Jesus will heal him if he sees him. But he doesn't believe the chances of me seeing Jesus in this great country of ours this big country the chances are very small that I would see Jesus. I can't really go on a tour, I can't really go out to where he is. I'm blind. I hear where people lead me. I'm here where I can I'm comfortable with walking around. I can't really go out in the roads. People would rob me. It uh he doesn't have much hope to be able to get too too far. So Bartimaeus, like many, had faith to be healed. Many of us have faith to be healed. And like many, was still sick, blind, or, or still blind, or I put it in parentheses, sick and bound. Many people are still sick. Many people are still bound by things that their faith and belief would free them from. And they think the problem is because I don't have faith, I don't have belief. Sometimes it's just the fact that you don't have the hope to get it done. We've got to hear the truth. John eight chapter 30, John, John eight verse thirty one then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word and you are my if you abide in my word you are my disciples indeed and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free you shall that's future right as you are a disciple as you are doing the things to be a disciple, you shall know the truth and the truth shall what shall make you free. That's future. Just having the truth will not make you free. The truth shall make you free. Bartimaeus had the truth. If I get in front of Jesus, Jesus heals blind people. I can be healed of blindness, but I've got to get in front of Jesus. He has that truth. The woman with the issue of blood had truth, but that truth alone did not set them free. They had to do something more beside what was there with that truth. We have to do some things more than just what we just having and possessing that truth. I put this in your outline. If knowing the truth will set us free, there ought to be a lot more free people. If knowing the truth will set us free, should there not be a lot more free people? Shouldn't there be? Because there's a whole lot of people who know the truth. There's a whole lot of people that know Jesus is the healer. There's a whole lot of people who know that Jesus will help them with their finances. There's a whole lot of people who know that Jesus will do this and do that A whole lot of people who know the word of God says this and that, but not a whole lot of people walking in. it. So what else is needed in first Timothy, chapter four and verse three? We're catching up in the middle here. We're mostly want to get here to the end, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and what? And know the truth. Who believe and know. Knowing the truth is not good enough by itself. You have to believe in the truth. You have to know the truth. You have to believe the truth. You've got to act on the truth. And we saw from Bartimaeus and others, you got to have the hope that what you believe will come about. you got to have that hope. So we must also believe. Now, this isn't in your outline. But having a desire for something is not the same as having faith for it. Having a desire for something is not the same thing as having faith for it. How many of you have a desire for a car better than the one you have? How many have a strong desire for a car better than the one you have? How many of you have a desire for a house better than the one that you have? How many of you have a desire for a job better than the one that you have? How many have a desire for a bank account with more zeros after the digits? than the one you currently have. A desire does not bring that about enough, does it? Just having a desire is not the same thing as having faith for it. We have a desire for a lot of things. The Word of God talks about in Mark chapter 11, whatsoever things you desire, you do have to have a desire for it. Jesus, all the time, when people came up and asked them for things, they would say, what do you want? What would you want me to do for you? What's your desire? we got to find out what the desire is. you got to have a desire. If you don't desire a thing, there's going to be no faith for it. Jesus came up to the, the one man and he says, do you want to be healed? <laughs> do you have a desire for it or do you like being sick? Some people like being sick. You, know, you may know people. They like being sick. They like the attention. Having a desire for something is not the same as having faith for it. Having a need for something is not the same as having faith for it. We have needs. There are many needs in the, in the Bible. Jesus even talks about one. There were many widows in the times of Elijah. He said, but Elijah was only sent to one. Why was she sent there? There were others who needed it. There were others who had the need, but if she was only, he's only sent to one. Having a need for something is not the same as having faith for it. Now, this is in your outline. I wanted to make sure you get it. I had to squeeze this in for you. God is is not moved by our desire or need. God is not moved by our desire or need, but by our faith. God is not moved by our desire or need, but by our faith. Now, get the difference here. There is a difference between motivation and moving. There is a difference between motivation and moving. God is motivated to help you by your need. God is motivated to help you by your need. Do not think that your needs do not do something to God. He's not some emotionless God up there. Who, oh, they got a need, but so what? That's not him. He is motivated by our need. What motivated God to send his son? Our need for salvation, wasn't it? Was it our faith? No. What did God even tell us when we were in, in sin? He sent his son to die for us. He was motivated by our need. We can be motivated to do a lot of things that we are not moved to. How many have ever been motivated to exercise on a regular basis? You are motivated because you see the results that some people get by exercising. Oh, I like that. Oh, that looks like, oh, if I could do that, oh, boy, that'd be great. Oh, if I could feel better, if I could do this, if I could get whatever it might be. You look at that, you say, oh, I I am motivated by that. But being motivated does not cause you to exercise. What do you have to do? I have to be moved. So I can be motivated. I could get myself all dressed up in my exercise gear. And I could be, I'm motivated. And then I could go out the door and it's cold, it's rainy, it's hot, it's whatever it is. And I could be motivated, but then when I'm actually there, I'm not moved. You see, there's a difference. You can be motivated. Motivated, but you're not moved. You can be motivated to get a better job, but not moved to go through the application interview process. You can be motivated to get an education, but not actually moved to go through and do it. Isn't there a difference? I can be motivated, but not necessarily moved. That's what we have to do. So God is motivated to help you by your need but can only be moved to help you by your faith. We confuse these. This is why we're separating these things for you. We confuse these. A lot of times we think that it is our faith that motivates God to move. If you do that, you're going to be serving an uncaring God who does not care about your needs. That's not our God. Our God cares about our needs. Our God is motivated by our need. And so because of his motivation, he sends to us teachers to teach us what we need to know. He sends to us believers to give their testimonies, believers to give encouragement, believers to give edification where needed to help us to do what we need to do to help us to get moved. He does things like he's he's motivated where well, I need to get you there. I need to get you to this place where I can help you. He's motivated. He's motivated. He does it. He sends his word to to teach us. He sends his Holy Spirit to instruct us. He does all these things because he's motivated, but he can't move until we get to a place of faith. See, we confuse this. And a lot of times we spend time in prayer trying to motivate God. Oh, God, please do this for me. If you'll do this for me, I'll do this for you. What are we doing? Trying to motivate him. I'm trying to give him reason to do it. We've lost sight of the fact that God does not need to be motivated. Our needs motivate God into action. But our faith is what causes us to receive it. Stop trying to motivate God to move on your behalf and get yourself in faith so that God can move. So that I can receive what God is trying to do. That's what we, where we need to focus I put this in your outline for you. Hearing the truth is the same as receiving wisdom or revelation. Hearing the truth is the same thing as receiving wisdom and revelation. Isn't wisdom truth? Isn't revelation truth? These are things that are this is the the truth. The Holy Spirit is to guide us in all truth. Truth is the same thing as wisdom and revelation. If I get wisdom, if I get truth, if I get revelation, I've received pretty much the same thing. Now, there's a difference between hearing the truth and possessing, or I put in parentheses, having the truth. There's a difference between hearing and possessing it. You can hear a truth, but not be a possessor of it. Where it's not, it's not necessarily something that is mine. Bartimaeus could have heard the truth... That Jesus would heal blind people, but not possess it to the point that it would activate as soon as he heard Jesus was near. Because he possessed it, because he owned that. Ah, Jesus. So, so I just got to get a hold of Jesus. As soon as he hears that Jesus is there, he's, mo- he, 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 he's out there with his mouth. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he got Jesus' attention. Now, once we hear the truth, we have to choose. We can meditate on it. Or I cannot I can embrace it, or I cannot. I could believe it or not. it's my choice. You have the choice to either meditate on the truth that you get, to embrace the truth that you get, to believe the truth that you get. You have that choice. Some people hear it, believe it, embrace it, meditate on it, some people hear it, throw it out. Well, I guess that's true, but probably not for me. Just because I heard a truth doesn't mean I know or understand it. Just because I heard a truth does not mean I know or understand it. I run into this all the time. I'm sure that you do too. People who say they know a thing to be true, but their actions and their words tell them they don't know it yet at all. They do not know it at all. You know, if you were to find somebody and they say, do you understand that electricity could kill you? oh yeah 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 I gotta understand that and then you go over to their house and their electric uh their electric socket on the wall the wires are sticking out and uh, and things like the kids are playing around them and stuff do you, do you understand that's dangerous oh yeah 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 a yeah, dangerous thing there they have wires that they stick in to the plugs and the wires are frayed and you know they're sometimes standing around water plugging in something that with Is that a person who understands that electricity is dangerous? But don't you know electricity is... Oh, yeah, yeah, I know electricity is dangerous. Dangerous thing. We've got to be real careful with that. Well, they hear it, but their actions are telling you, "Mm hmm, this isn't so. This isn't true. This isn't the, the way that it is. The woman with the issue of blood, if you just could meditate on that and meditate on that and meditate on that, this woman got hold of it. She possessed it. It changed how she responded to the people around her. Blind Bartimaeus got hold of this truth. It changed the way he responded to the people around him. The people around him are doing what? Discouraging him. Quit this. Stop making so much noise. Leave him alone. What's he doing? All the louder. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I need to get your attention. If I get your attention, we can get this changed. We can do something here. He believes that. Too many folks... Say they believe something, but they quiet down as soon as somebody says something. As soon as the enemy comes up and puts a fuss up. As soon as their body says something. As soon as whatever it is they're believing for doesn't seem to be working. They quit. That's not a, possess- That's not a person who possesses that thing. That's not a person who, who owns it. You, oh You are in possession. Most people that are here right now, most of you are in possession, let's say, of a car. If you were to walk out in the parking lot and saw somebody driving off with your car, would you say, oh, well, I had it for a while. At least somebody else can enjoy it now. Is that something that you would do? No, we wouldn't do that. What would we do? (laughs) We would pursue that person in that car. We would get in the hole. Can you drive? Can we chase that car? You would call the police. You would yell. You would holler. You would scream. That's my car. It may not even be your favorite car. It may not even be a car that you want a whole lot, but it's your car. If they're driving off with it, what do you do? No, that's mine. You are in possession of it. And if somebody comes over and tries to take that, you are upset. And yet the enemy comes in and says, God hasn't healed you. I guess not. Why? Because I don't possess it. I'm not in possession of that truth. When you become in possession of a truth, no one can take it away from you. Real good example. We've used this before. If someone were to come along and try and talk you out of the fact that you are saved, what would happen? Would they have a fight, or would you just say, "Oh, I'm not saved"? Oh, okay, I thought I was. No, they, you'd have a fight. You'd put up a fight because you you are in possession of that knowledge. You understand that. I think one of the uh, one of the most uh, uh, stark. Th- Difference that happened now, this week, last week, it was sometime in, in here. How many of you heard about that uh, science vessel that went into, I think it was Antarctica, and got stuck in the ice? Got stuck, and they sent an ice cutter out there to get them out, and the ice cutter got stuck. So they had to send another one. You know what the news re- reporters were not saying a whole lot about? In fact, most of them, I don't think, said a, a word about it. This was a science expedition investigating global warming. They're trying to show the global warming is going on. And they got stuck. In the ice, not just any ice, but ice so thick, they couldn't get through it. And the ice cutter couldn't get through it. So the news media, most of them, I'm you know, probably Fox and a few others probably go ahead and put that in there. But most of them left that off because it doesn't jive with what they, they you would think, though, that if you were on board a, a vessel and you're investigating global warming and you get stuck in the ice, that that would do something to you. I believe the, what is it, the, the north or south, somewhere in there, they've got records cold. And this cold that we're getting, you know where it's coming from? It's coming from the North Pole area. Some, one of those freak things happened, and some of the air is coming down there. There's actually more ice in uh, our, our, our polar regions than. Uh, they're, I think they're, they're recording record amounts of ice, but they're not telling you that, telling us it's all melting away. Because, uh, you know, they have a, a thing to do. But wouldn't, wouldn't that jive some? If you really believed global warming, and you get stuck in the ice. And an icebreaker gets stuck in the ice trying to get you. And I believe where they were at, it was summertime. They went because it was summertime, not because, you know, they didn't go in winter. It was summertime for, for that region. It was it was summer. They got stuck in the ice in the summer. Summer is when it's warmer than winter for, for a region. You would think that would do something to you, wouldn't it? Well, it doesn't. Some people, they're just not in possession of the things they ought to be in possession of. They're just, it's just not, all, it's not all there. But anyway, that's, uh, we can laugh at them for their, the things that they've got going on there. But We've got to take the truth and we've got to become a possessor of it. We've got to have things that our hope is locked on so that when those things come about, it activates it. My My faith. Is act, I I will move. I will respond. Blind Bartimaeus had a hope. If I ever see Jesus, this is what I'm going to do. I'm sure that he was sitting by there begging of alms, thinking about this. If Jesus ever came by, what would I do if Jesus ever came by? Huh. I think I would stand up. All right. Well, what would you say? What would you say to Jesus? If he came on by, I'm sure he's thinking about this because he came up with something good. Jesus, son of David. Have mercy on me. That's a good, powerful statement right there. That's saying, Jesus, I understand you are in line for the throne. That'll get Jesus' attention. Most people were not aware of that. Jesus, I understand you are the son of David. You are in line for the throne. Have mercy on me. Jesus, king to be, have mercy on me. And Jesus heard it. It got Jesus' attention. And he, he pulled that boy on up here. And of course, all the crowd then says, oh, yeah, he's asking for you now. Come on. <laughs> We're your buddy. Well, let's, go, let's go up and see Jesus. I, I've got you. We'll take you on up there. And we saw that as he was there, uh, Jesus said to him. Uh, he, he received a sight. And Jesus said to him, your faith has made you well. What was his faith? What was his his faith? is faith is an action. Not a, He didn't say your belief made you well. He said your what? Your faith made you well. Well, we go back to the story. We find out that when, they, when blind Bartimaeus, when he said, Jesus is calling you, what does he do? Throws away his cloak. That is a blind cloak. It is issued by the government, by the people. They're the Jewish, Jewish people to say, you are an authentic blind person and can beg of alms. That's what it said. That's what his little cloak said to him. He threw it away. Why? Because I know I don't need it. I've got a, I got belief. I got faith. All I needed was that hope to be activated. Once the hope was activated, Jesus came by. Now, I don't need that. My faith is going. He acts on it. He takes his blind cloak and he throws it away. Is a blind person going to be able to find that? What if somebody non-blind picks it up? They can sit by the gate and they can beg for alms. He throws it away. He doesn't throw it away until he's got all things lined up. Belief, faith, and Hope when he's got all things lined up, he then throws it away. Now I don't need that anymore. I needed some, I needed that hope to come up. Now the hope is there. I got belief. I got faith. He goes on just because I heard the truth doesn't mean I know or understand it. You hear a truth. You need to meditate on it. You need to get in possession of that truth. I went through chemistry class. I came out in possession of nothing. I own not a thing from chemistry. I didn't like it. Some people came through chemistry class and are in possession of most of all that they learned. Not me. If you ask me a chemistry question, not going to. I may know a few people, a few numbers on the uh, table, a few abbreviations and stuff like that. Uh, But no, you know, I I understand a few basic things. Don't mix chlorine and don't mix. You know, I understand some some things in in there. That's just basic. But I came out of chemistry class with nothing. I would say that about English, but apparently I came out with a little bit more understanding of English than I thought. I despised it. I didn't want to be in possession of it. I did not like it. But apparently, you know, afterwards, I actually saw myself doing some of the things that were in the English class and breaking some things down. So I guess I was in possession of a little bit more. But we've got to get in possession of it because knowledge that I just know does not help me. But knowledge that I am in possession of and I can do something with it, that's functional. I may have heard for many, for many years, but until understanding comes, it will not set me free. You may hear that Jesus is the healer. You may hear that faith will make you whole. You may hear these things for years and years and years and years. But until understanding comes of the knowledge that you have, of the revelation that you have, until understanding comes, it will not set you free. If you are still bound, but you say, but I know the truth. Then what you are saying is I don't have the understanding of it yet. So press in to get the understanding. Proverbs chapter four. What are the things we're supposed to get? Wisdom and. Understanding. We need to get those things. I need to press in for understanding. When I see a concept in the word, I need to press in until I understand that thing. I need to make sure that nothing stands in my way. I am going to understand how this works for me. And nothing's going to stop me. I listen to all the tapes I can. I I read all the books that I can. I read all the scriptures that I can. I pray about it. I pray in the spirit about it. I meditate on it. I do these things. I'm going to receive understanding of how this works for me. I'm going to get it. That's what you need to do. That's what you need to press in. The word of God says the truth shall make you free. The truth shall shall make you free the truth has the potential to set you free from anything you are bound with anything how many have ever heard you know people talking about their bodies well i guess my i'm getting old my body's just falling apart well i used to be able to do that when i was younger but i'm older now well this used to work better but not so much anymore or, of course, we go on, well, my arthritis, right? I okay, can possess it. And any time that you talk to them about it, you know, you need to do this thing. Well, I would, but, you know, I'm really sore. I can't really do those things. Why? Because I am more in possession of what is hindering me than in possession of what the Word says. I have to get myself in a place where I am more in possession of what the Word says because it will set me free. From what I'm in possession of, that the world has taught me. I may have ever heard a condition, I may have ever suffered from a condition, and the doctors tell you it won't get better. It's, that's how it's going to be. It'll probably just get worse as, as, you, as you go on. You get a sickness or a disease. Well, that won't ever go away. You'll always have that. What do we need to do? I need to get set free from that. And just listen to if you just let people talk long enough, you will find out what they are bound with. Because they will tell you, they don't even realize it. That they will tell you. Well, I can't do those things. Why not? Well, this and this doesn't work. Come on, get free. Understand what the Word of God says. I understand we can we can um, you know we we don't want to push ourselves out there and and do some things that physically might be uh, uh, putting us into an area of foolishness. I, I you can do some of that stuff, but all gone, folks. <laughs> if we are set free are we only set free from a few things what are we set free from the truth shall set you free what are the conditions that it says it will not set you free from are there any is there any uh, fine print in your bible the truth will set you free except for age related items the truth will set you free except for mortal wounds the truth will set you free except for situations involving involving relatives the truth will set you free except for on the job is there anything like that but we hear it with that the truth will set you set you free the truth was yeah but except for this except we have exceptions we have things that we, we're, we're, we're slowing down. Moses was how old when he died? 120. And how many age-related items did, did he suffer with? And doesn't the Word of God make a distinction about that? And Moses, when he died, suffered from nothing. He's climbing mountains at 120. Climbed up the mountain. To go to, God says, come on up here to the mountain. You're going to die up here. He says, Can it, can't we do this at the foot of the mountain? How many of you are saying now if you're Moses, 120 years old, can't we do this at the foot of the mountain? Do I have to climb up the mountain? I think if I climb up the mountain, I might. He doesn't say that. He climbs up the mountain. Joshua and Caleb, they were some of the older group in the group. And Caleb says, I want that mountain. That's the hardest mountain to take. I want that mountain. I'm going to take that mountain. I'm going to drive out the people that are on that mountain. I'm going to take that mountain. He says, all right, go get it. You've got to stop accepting other things as being truth and accept what the Word of God says as being truth. In your, in your job, how many people are going around, well, the flu's going around. Well, the colds are going around. I just know I'm going to get the flu. I just know I'm going to get the cold, right? And that can, get, that can brush off on you. You can begin to think these things. You can begin to accept the truth that I'm going to get sick. Does that truth make you free? No. It's God's truth that will make you free. If you have a truth that is bound you up, you have accepted a truth apart from God. You better find out what it is and get rid of it because the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. If you have a truth, something that you believe and it is not setting you free, it probably did not come from God. If you have a truth that you believe that says, I will be bound up, I will be hindered, I will be slowed down by whatever. Then probably the truth is not God's truth. And you need to get that truth out and replace it with the truth. It is someone's truth. But it's not God's. Can you see that? Bartimaeus had a truth. If I see Jesus, if I get in front of Jesus, I'll be healed. I'll be healed. All he's waiting for was that opportunity. As soon as he did, he didn't sit around thinking about it. He jumped right after it. One's right there. You may already be in possession of the truth, wisdom, or revelation that you need. Do you know that? You may already be in possession of the truth the wisdom, the revelation that you need. You may already have it. It may already be in your brain. What you need now is for what you know to set you free. How does that happen? I got to fish out the old truth that I have that is hindering me, that is slowing me down. I got to get that truth out of my way. I got to embrace the truth from God's word I've got to meditate on that. I've got to ponder it until I get the understanding of how that thing works and get that thing to work in my life. If there is any area in my life that is bound up, the wisdom, the revelation, the truth from God will set me free. It will set me free. I can go around saying, Father God, I feel bound up in this area. But your word says the truth will set me free. Thank you for not only giving me the truth in that, but the understanding that I walk in, that I will be set free. Belief, faith, and hope. You need these things going on in your life. You need all of them happening. You can have belief and faith and no hope, and you're not changed. You can have hope and belief and no faith to put it into action and no change. You can have faith with no belief which is simply to mimic to copycat what other people are doing no belief there if you want to get hands laid on you for, for healing you should have faith on the ins- or belief on the inside I know that when they lay hands on me I will receive this when you pray and use the name of Jesus I know that when I pray and I use the name of Jesus this will happen I have that belief I'm not a copycat I'm not an imitator I'm not imitating what other people do Well, other people got up and got prayed for. I guess I'll get up and get prayed for. It won't work for you. How will it work? When I have that belief, when I have that faith, and I have that hope. Blind Bartimaeus had all three things going on. Right here at the end, when he got when he received his healing, only had two going on before that. When he got the third one going, he was he was ready. The woman with the issue of blood, she had hope, and she had belief. But she did not have a place to put that belief into action. When she saw that Jesus was coming by, she walked out to him and took her hope and her faith or her belief and turned it into faith. Hope and belief did not heal her. Jesus turned to her and said, your faith has made you whole. Her faith was based on a belief. The belief was based on hope. You need all three things going on in your life. Whatever it is that has bound you up, whatever it is that would hinder you, hold you back, you can be set free from. For the Word of God says, if you believe it, the truth shall make you free. The truth shall make you free. Would you all stand up with me? Glory to God. Father, we thank you. Father, we give you the praise and the glory. It is your truth that makes us free. It is your truth that opens up our eyes to see something different. Father, it's the understanding that comes from the Spirit of God who teaches us all things. That understanding unlocks a belief, unlocks a hope that our faith can put into action and we can see things change in our life. Some of us here, Father, have things going on in our physical bodies. Some of us have things going on in our minds, our mental realm. Some of us have things going on in relationship areas, work areas, wherever it might be. Your truth, when it comes into us, shall set us free. That's the power of it. Your truth has that power. But in the same way, the truth that we have accepted from the world has the power to bind us up. Your truth sets us free. The world's truth binds us up. We need to get exposed, the areas of the world's truth that have bound us up, get turned on to the areas of your truth that are to set us free. Thank you for the help that you give us in that. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This morning is our communion Sunday. And this is the truth that our Savior put into operation on the day that he was betrayed, on the day that he was to be offered up as a sacrifice for us on that day. He took the disciples up into the upper room for a lesson. And Paul tells us about it in 1 Corinthians. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. There's the truth. This is my body, which is broken for you. The body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was broken for us. He was made sick. He was made, our infirmities were put upon him. He took our pains He took our our sicknesses on his body so that we don't have to take them in ours. That's the truth that will set you free. But people have taken another truth. Well, this is my cross to bear. Well, this is just one of those things that will be plaguing me. Well, this is just whatever it might be. It's not the truth. The truth in the Word of God. This is my body which is broken for you. For you. He was fulfilling what Isaiah had said. That upon him, we put our sicknesses, our disease, our pains. He would bear them in his body so that we don't have to bear them in ours. Every time that we do this, and the Word of God doesn't tell us how often to do it, it just says to do it often. As often as you do this, remember, the body of Jesus Christ... His body is broken for us. As we eat together, let's remember, on Him was put our sickness, our disease, our pains. It is not to be with me. That's the truth. Let's eat together. In the same manner, He also took the cup. After supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till He comes. The truth is... There is nothing we can do to earn our salvation. There is nothing we can do to become righteous. It's all done for us. Jesus did it. He shed his blood on the cross for us. He became the lamb. The lamb of God. That would take away the sins of the world. The other lambs covered it up. He would take it away. When the enemy comes knocking, when people try and remind you Of your problems and your faults. We simply say, He has washed me clean. He has done it. That's the truth. Don't get bound up with other stuff because there's nothing you can do about your sin. Nothing. Unbeliever, believer, nothing you can do about your sin. But Jesus did. And you just received that. Let's drink together and remember. Glory to God. Father, we thank you that we are healed. We are set free. We are delivered. We are delivered from the power of sin. We are set free from it. We are set free from the power of sickness and disease. We are set free. Help us, Father, to live under that truth. The truth that comes from your word. And to get rid of any other truth that has entered into our mind. Any other thing that we believe is true, but is false by your word. We want to hold fast to those things that you have taught us.